Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our one-page books of the Bible. This week, we zero in on 3 John. This book is about three leaders in an Asia Minor church, two good and one bad. John instructs the believers to imitate the upright Christian leaders so that they, quote-unquote, grow up spiritually mature. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, What Will You Be When You Grow Up? Remember what we said from Philemon and from Second John that early church missionaries and evangelists, even the apostles themselves while they were around, were dependent on the hospitality of fellow believers. A while back we saw Paul told Philemon, um, please repair or prepare the guest room for me. Uh, in Second John, we saw instructions concerning taking care of uh, traveling believers. We know this was a big deal in the early church, much bigger than it is for us with all of the conveniences that, that we have these days. But if you go to a, a poorer part of the world and you travel among the Christians, you'll go to the house of a Christian. And, and it's incredibly humbling and exciting to see people living the same truth in a totally different way and without all the goodies that we have. There was a well-known um, document, a body of teaching in the early church that touches on this subject. The document, uh, the document is known as the didache, that's the Greek word for teaching, and the, the full title is The Teaching of the Twelve Apostles. It's not part of Scripture, but it takes some of the uh, principles and, and ministry concepts of the first century and, and, and spreads them around, if you will, and codifies them for us. One of the statements from there says this, let every apostle, and that doesn't have to be a capital A apostle, one of the twelve, or the apostle Paul, it, it can be any, mis, any um, messenger who brings the message of the gospel. Let every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord, but let him not stay more than one day, or if need be a second as well, but if he stay three days, he's a false prophet. Okay, that's pretty, that's pretty specific. Uh, that can be kind of harsh, but, but the, the, the thinking behind it is if they're on their way spreading the gospel, they're not going to want to stop and get all from you that they can. They're going to want to move on. If, it, if they come and they just want to, you know, okay, well, how much longer can you feed me? How, how, much, how much more can you send me for my trip? Um, that may be a false prophet. And notice he says here, what you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. It's one thing to welcome a friend into your home. It's something else to serve strangers solely on the basis of their love for Christ. I remember going to Russia for the first time. It happened about the first three or four times 
that I went there. I, I'd go there, and I was this nobody from some place in the U.S. that they had that they had never heard of. And you ought to hear them try to pronounce Idaho. They don't; those vowels don't work with them. They don't even have an H. Um, and, and you know, who is this strange-looking guy that doesn't talk right? And that what would they do when we teachers came? Someone would move out of their apartment so that the two American teachers could come and stay there and have their own privacy and their own time to themselves. Then they'd come back on the weekend and clean, recycle for the next week, recycle for the next teachers that came. That's humbling. But that's Christianity at work. Now, we have other things, and it's it's not wrong for us to take care of people in other manners, but um, what a wonderful thing that Gaius had this reputation for, even strangers. And then he says in verse 6, and, and they, referring back to the brethren, have testified to your love before the church. This was his reputation. Wherever they went, they said, yeah, have you heard about that guy Gaius over in the town of such and such? You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. And that's an interesting thing. How do you send somebody on their way in a manner worthy of God. Well, after you give them lodging for the night, you supply them with food, money, so they can continue where they are going, and maybe even connect them with other travelers. If you know somebody else going that way, that would make their journeys more enjoyable and safer in uh, larger numbers. And Gaius did it in such a way that it was worthy of God and people we're, we're blessed and grateful. So here's the principle we can apply, a principle we can apply from here. God is honored with generosity, with graciousness, kindness. If you want to know what God wants you to do for somebody else, and you want to be sure you do it in a manner worthy of God, well, you might employ the golden rule. Put yourself in the other person's shoes discern what his or her needs are, meet those needs, add whatever encouragement and money or other resources are going to make that person rejoice over God's goodness through you. That's worthy of God. The word worthy is an interesting word for its, uh, for its root. It comes from a root that means sufficient weight. Over the years, I have been gradually becoming more and more worthy. Uh, it, it means there's enough substance to give credibility, something that, that, that makes an impact. To be unworthy of God would be to scrimp, to cut corners, to be as tight as possible when you represent Him to other people. After all, you, know, you need to suffer for Jesus, so we'll help you suffer. Well, John reiterated why the ministry of men like Gaius was so crucial to the spread of the gospel. He says in verses 7 and 8, For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Now, in in John's writings, and here, uh, Gentiles is sometimes used not just to mean non-Jewish people, but unbelievers in, in general. You have to pay attention to the context to know how to take it. They were accepting nothing from unbelievers. Therefore, We ought to support such men that we may be fellow workers with the truth. So who do you support? People who go out for the sake of the name. That means they represent the name, capital N, 
of Jesus. The motivation of the servant of God is to represent him as an ambassador of his kingdom, to bring him glory, and to proclaim the good news of salvation in him alone. Ought in this word, in this uh, sentence, therefore we ought to support such men. That word implies um, obligation. It's a moral responsibility of all Christians to support generously in a manner worthy of God those who are the catalysts for the ministry of the body of Christ. I should stop here and insert the promo. Two weeks from today is going to be our Mission Sunday. We're going to have two of our foreign missionaries uh, with us, and we'll also hear from Scott Basolo and how he's been able to uh, help uh, indigenous pastors uh, elsewhere. We'll have a chance to just, when, when we have that Sunday, think of it as Second John and Third John practicum. Uh, here's, here's how it looks in real lives. Jesus himself said to this principle when he when he sent out the twelve to preach on their own for a while, he said in uh, Matthew 10.41, anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, you get to participate in the overflow of the rewards for the people who are sacrificing to do that ministry. And he says that we may be fellow workers with the truth. He said that on the negative side back in 2 John. Last week we saw this in 2 John 10 and 11. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, this specific teaching about Jesus, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. So if it's a bad thing and participating in evil deeds to help a false teacher, and that's going to be something that God will chasten, well then, it's a good thing, and it's worthy of God to help one who goes out for the sake of the name. And the opposite of participating in the evil deeds, you become a worker with the truth. Now, we probably ought to put a caution in here. Yes, there is a moral obligation that we all share to support the work of God through His church. People come to Christ. They tend to become generous, loving, caring, giving people. But we need to make sure that we have some wisdom and some discretion. It's no accident that God included 2 John and 3 John in uh, His Word so that we can help develop that discernment. We cannot support those who teach wrong doctrine about Jesus Christ. And we don't want to be taken advantage of. There's got to be that balance. I don't want to be gullible. I don't want to be used and abused. And people know how to use and abuse the generosity of Christians. There are, uh, it, it's, it's way bigger than you probably realize that it is. And people with good intentions can be taken advantage of, but we want to be wise. If you doubt that there's a problem with that, well, I could start naming names of well-known people who raise millions of dollars despite teaching false doctrines, or who live lives full of sin. So-called Christian television and radio are riddled with bad examples like that. So, 
Be generous. Do it in a manner worthy of God and don't be sucked into something. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.